get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. I know that we're all people just sitting here uh, looking at um, Nick eat a banana uh, <laughs> right now. I can't even focus. That anymore. looks like he's a tasty just, banana. He's the Burger King here in Troy has been uh, advertising for managers for a while, so we'll go through there next week. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the Blues had made the playoffs 25 straight seasons before Eric Brewer arrived. After Brewer donned the note, the Blues missed the playoffs every season that Brewer was a Blue, except for one. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 8 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are coming to you live on Tuesday, a Wednesday, December 7th, 2016, a day that has lived in infamy. This is the uh, franchise episode number 89 all time. Let's Go Blues Radio is a weekly program that talks St. Louis Blues hockey. We welcome listeners to call in and chat with us live on the air as well as tweet us questions or comments. Just send those tweets to at LGB Radio and we'll read them on the show. And to chat with us live right now or in a few minutes here, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join us graphic. My name is Kurt Price and I am joined again by my co-host Bill Day. How are you, Bill? I am doing well. How about you? I'm doing well as well. Mr. Ponder is under the weather, so he will not be joining us tonight. Uh, We wish him well. A speedy recovery. Yeah, does not sound like a good situation for him to be in. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get you better, get you back on this show, Jeff. Um, we've got the uh, the official beer of episode 89, Bill. I saw the tweet, and I'm excited for it. Yes, it is so good. Uh, went local. Uh, it's four hands, uh, absence of light, chocolate peanut butter milk stout. It is absolutely awesome. It's uh, uh, grabbed a couple of bottles, and uh, it's the first time having it. And yeah, it's so good. So, and I'm I'm actually not that this this isn't great, but I'm super excited about. Lost you, Bill. You super excited about what? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you now. Lost you at you're super excited. I'm super excited for my beer next week. Um, something I was not sure I could get my hands on that I did. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've got a bottle of uh, the peanut butter chocolate milk stout absence of light uh, in my fridge right now. And I really want it right now to see in yours. Uh, well, we could take a quick commercial break. <laughs> we could. I, I'll stick with my water. I'll. Uh, we should just do a show where we've drank a lot first and then do the show. That'd be entertaining. I'm... I'm I'm all for that idea. <laughs> we'll do a post game show. We'll drink during the show. Maybe when the uh, the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill opens, which I'm yeah. told should be within a couple weeks. He expects it, so we'll mm. see. We'll see. By the uh, turn of the calendar, I I don't know. 
I would, I, I would, I would hope that if it's not, if he doesn't, if he's not uh, open by January first, he'll be very disappointed because I think you know, it was like a week or two ago he said he wanted to be open within the month. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, to chat with us live on the air now, let's go ahead and publish that out for you, fine people. Uh, to chat with us live on the air right now, go to letsgoblues.com/radio and click on the join us button, and you can chat with Bill and I on the air if you'd like. Um, today in blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, December seventh, nineteen ninety nine, Al McInnes broke the St. Louis Blues career record for goals by a defenseman, eighty one versus the Chicago Blackhawks, which broke the record held previously by Jeff Brown, who had 80. Was that also the goal that broke Jocelyn Tebow's hand? I don't know. That would have been cool if it was. Uh, 1974, December 7, 1974, Gary Unger set the St. Louis Blues career record in goals with his 137th passing Gary Sabarin versus the Washington Capitals. Uh, that's the year I was born, 74. You're old. I am. I am old. And a happy 69th birthday today to Gary Unger, born December 7th, 1947 in Calgary, Calgary, Alberta. And it looks like we have Calgary. Yaroslav Halak has joined us live on the- <laughs> No, it's it's uh it's Nick from uh Nick and Nick uh, Toast Dispatch podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing okay. Missed you guys. Hey, welcome. Good to hear your voices. Yeah. Uh, you notice I didn't say it's good to see you guys with those ugly yeah. mugs. Yeah, well. It was good to hear your voices. And this picture quality is awesome too, so. <laughs> I, I decided to go against the uh, 1080p uh, camera earlier, so. <laughs> it was It was bogging down. Not sure why. Bill needs a new computer. We'll start up a GoFundMe page for Bill's new computer. It'll probably raise fifty thousand. <laughs> that's the minimum, right? That's, his, that's like, that they always get at least that. When, when they see that resolution, they're gonna they're gonna be crying and. <laughs> this podcast changed my life. <laughs> if we can get a dollar for everyone listens, you get like four or five dollars, Bill, for a new computer. I, I, that'd be awesome. Four or five dollars. <laughs> Is that a Chromebook? <laughs> oh, you might get changed back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Tuesday night's game, last night's game. Uh, Blues against the Canadiens in St. Louis. Uh, Bill was in attendance for this game. How was the uh, How was the event, Bill? How was the uh, How was the crowd that night, last night? Uh, not a sellout. Um, it's always it's always a, a nice crowd uh, whenever the Habs are in town. Um, last year, I think it was the Saturday night game, and uh, it was packed. And you know, there are always tons of Blue Blanc Rouge in the stands, uh, which I love to see. Although, uh, as we chatted about on Facebook last night, I, I did uh, wear the uh, Steiner jersey, so uh, it's always a always a decision for me. You know, which jersey am I? going to go with despite so anyway um did you lose me at some point or you were you were cutting it out like a bad cell phone call uh, all right so yeah so i was at the game last night eh 
with about 17,000 of my closest friends, some of them were wearing blue block rouge. <laughs> he said, that's, uh, that's good. I like that. A little, little bit of strange brew. Uh, it, I, it's from living with a Canadian, you know, that's, it, it comes naturally now. That's a weird else on, wouldn't it? Living with a Canadian. Uh, can, I have an off, can I throw out an off-topic alert real quick? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I usually wait about 10 minutes at least before I ruin the show. <laughs> well, <laughs> we haven't really started it yet. That no, We've gotten too far in, so you're good. I just thought of this earlier, and I was thinking, I you know, I tried to look online. Now, here, here's my question. Again, off-topic, uh, way off-topic. I want to know what you guys spend, especially Kurt. I want to know what you guys spend on groceries and when i say groceries i want to, i want to know per month roughly and i want to in and count paper products uh detergent and everything else because uh, i was looking it up online and i couldn't really find any definitive information you know it was pretty it was vague and it was you couldn't find any definitive information on my shopping habits online is that what you are you just i job? found a lot of other stuff but i couldn't find that because <laughs> <laughs> it's out there i'm sure it is so, I mean, now you might have to turn and ask your wives this tonight. I don't know. But uh, I know roughly what we spend on groceries. And I'm happy with what we spend on groceries. But I'm thinking we spend more than the average person. So I want to know what you guys, before I fess up to how much we spend a month. Okay. All right. Well, so before we get into the game, we'll cover the grocery topic. <laughs> um, a, a month? Sure. Um, this is indirect. I got to mention, this is indirectly related. Uh, to blues because okay. like right. if you're a season ticket holder you might only spend about a hundred dollars a month at schnooks because you spend about 900 at scott trade and so you know it's it kind of skews the amount that you're spending at your local grocery store I might, so it is tied in with hockey i might spend uh 100 bucks a month maybe where at schnooks mainly well you're blowing my mind cut it out don't say that you got a family. How can you spend $100? I don't mean just Snooks, but I mean groceries in general. Bringing them in the house, you can't spend $100. Food? Uh, yeah. Oh, food? Yeah, $100. Oh, I just, you're talking like food being brought into the house, not my meals at lunch. and. No, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about all the groceries you're being home. You got a receipt. You go through the line. They give you a receipt. You get a receipt. You add them up in a month's time. How much might that be? I don't go shop. I mean, you know, a couple times a couple times a month, I'll go and get a haul. Maybe, maybe 120 Okay, now, and how many kids do you have? Two kids. Two kids and a wife, right? No, not a wife. Okay, all right, so two kids and you. And then how about, uh, all right, well, Bill, what about you? Um, tougher for me to say. We um, <clears throat> we split costs, and uh, I, I can't vow that it's 100% even. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, between it's just the two of us, and two dogs and uh i I guess uh, yeah if you if you include dog food right there i'm over 200 bucks um (laughs) i want you let me ask do do we include beer in this yeah all food products and and for you that is definitely that's a vegetable for you i think all right so so uh, what because if we're if we're including (laughs) we lost bill again we lost again bill so what what do you uh, uh, Nick? I assume it's a lot more than you. But you, you spend a lot more. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm looking closely at right yeah. at you guys right now because are you strapped into your chairs as I get ready to release this number to the world? I want to guess now. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm gonna, 
Okay, yeah, guess. Yeah, sure. like, three guesses. I got uh, three kids, and yeah. and a wife and and me. Uh, I'm gonna say four seventy-five. A month. Yep. Okay. What are you at? Where, <laughs> sorry, a week. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Okay, Bill, what do you got? Um, what are the? Uh, so I know you have. Uh, this isn't far college, right? Oh, Nick Jr. and a daughter. What's your other child is? Yeah, he's fifteen, male, and uh, oh. two cats. Two cats. Go... including paper products and toilet tissue and detergent. Oh, that's not food. That's not food. That's not. Well, I mean, food. it's the stuff you get at the grocery store. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm gonna, I, go, I, I'm gonna uh, go. That's a different story. I'm gonna go sixteen hundred. Whoa, sixteen hundred. Oh, that's that's if it's close to that. We're gonna Bill, talk. Bill's <laughs> like a. You can tell Bill's a six figure guy at work, man. When he starts throwing out big numbers like that. <laughs> all right, it's okay. Here we go. You're old boy. Come on, you strapped in. What yeah, is, but you, you haven't seen the whole family. <laughs> if you've met us all, we're all kind of little and thin. But uh, okay, so everybody's strapped in, buckled in. Safety harness, OSHA regulated safety harness on right now you're, because you're, uh, you're building this up. Uh, <laughs> you better be <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> close per month, close to two thousand dollars a month. Are you kidding me? For, <laughs> no. Now, what, what kind of okay? Now, are you are you being like like Tide all temperature cheat or all temperature, <laughs> the, the the expensive Tide and the you buying like a, a boar's head lunch meat and everything? Okay, well, I I the next word I the next title i give you our name i i i want to hesitate because i love the place and i hate it when people talk bad about it but they do refer to it sometimes as whole paycheck <laughs> so okay whole so, foods <laughs> i i just did math okay that's twenty four thousand dollars a year in schnooks dearberg shopping. Now, now here's the plus side though as we end this at merciful you know mercifully for you uh the plus side here is that i have no uh, medicine in the cabinet. I don't take any, I'm 50, a 55 year old guy and I don't have any medication. I don't have any meds and I haven't really ever. So, I mean, so eat at Whole Foods, spend $2,000 a month, eat like a king. But when uh, we don't go out a lot, that's the other thing I got to say too. When we go out to dinner, I go to a real nice place, real nice place, but we'll do it maybe once a month. But I don't, we don't go out a lot. So, so you brought this up because it was like bothering you. You, you did math and you. Well, I was looking online because I was thinking, you know, I don't think most people spend this much. I don't think I, so. I'm gonna, I, I was I going over the budget. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guarantee you that that most people don't spend two thousand dollars a month. <laughs> but that's, I maybe I'm wrong. I, 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 you know what Tommy Boy says about guarantees. But I, yeah, that's a, that sounds like a lot to me, Nick. Hey, look. I'm looking at Bill's thing again. Now he's doing the, what do they call that? The, what's the cha latest challenge? It's not the uh, ice bucket, but what's the latest one? The mannequin? Bill, because of Bill's bod weight. He's, <laughs> bar, bar, bod he's doing, yeah, he's doing the mannequin challenge for us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, check out and come back in on my phone. There's something going on with the uh, computer connection. So. All right. Oh, it, oh hey, man, that's a problem. Okay, Bill. You get your, your right. stuff taken care of. Kurt, I'm gonna, you know what, Kurt, if you were Mike Matheny right now, I'm getting exposed. I'm that shortstop coming off the bench that shouldn't be coming in the ninth. <laughs> no, here's, here's the other. If you, if you are ever, uh, if you ever have a, a gathering, a party, or whatever, where Bill and Ponder and myself happen to be at your house, now, now, I'll be going through your cabinets to see what kind of food you're buying because $2,000 on groceries a month is, it sounds like you're buying some 
pretty good stuff. So I, I well, you know, what? I want I want to see this. I do have one other one other boring explanation, and because I was trying to think it through. Now here is actually probably more so to the point as to why it's so high. It's not Whole Foods. What it really is is that uh, uh, a business out of the home, kids are homeschooled, and the wife manages the house. So basically, you have five people eating three meals a day, usually, not counting all weekends. And so when you have that going on and you're eating at home a lot, not eating out, you're spending a lot of money at the grocery store. So I bet if you took most people, an average family of five, and you included them eating out with their grocery bill, I'm guessing it would probably come up to about $2,000. Close, you know I don't know. You know what I'm going to tell you? Yeah. I'm going to tell you that if you add up your, your – do you have a house payment or is it paid off? No, it's not paid off. Okay. So your house payment, your groceries uh, – your 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 home insurance, you could you could probably go on a cruise for the rest of your life, and not and you know sell your house. You can go, go on a cruise and, and spend spend yeah and spend less and spend you'd be coming out ahead because if they provide food you know all all inclusive cruises you could buy you, you get the, all the, all you can eat food at the the buffets and everything and the meals and everything and you get housekeeping and everything. And you, oh could, you could be on a cruise nonstop for forever. <laughs> you just blew my mind. You probably come out. You probably spend less money. Maybe I'm just I'm guessing. I mean, you can get some good deals on some cruises, especially this time of year. But, but I'm guessing the only downside, and I'm always seeing the you know the negative side here. But uh, the bottom line is that my meds would probably go through the roof, right? My med costs because uh, I'm guessing the food on the cruise ships <laughs> isn't that good. Uh, uh, the food's good. good. It's it's just that it may be contaminated. So right. People, wow! People, because people will not wash their hands like the heathens that they are when they go to the buffet. Okay. Anyway, uh, right. back back to 15 minutes ago. Oh, Bill, how you doing? You you back? You good? Hey, can you hear me fine? Can hear you. You're good. All right. We'll Let's see how this see goes. If this, see if this works. I like it. All right. Back to 15 minutes ago. Uh, Tuesday last night, uh, Bill was at the game, Montreal and Blues. No carry price in net. For the Habs, uh, Edmondson returned the lineup after missing 12 games due to injury, and uh, Bertuzzo immediately goes on the IR. And to me, um, and you guys, you know, if you disagree, uh, please say so. Um, I'd rather have Edmondson in the lineup than Bertuzzo. Anyway, would you? Would you guys? Bertuzzo, Edmondson. Who would you rather have in lineup right now? If you had to pick. Well, uh, Bertuzzo really had a really good stretch there uh, over the. You know the last what seven eight games he did. Hey, he's probably playing the uh, the best hockey we've seen him play uh, since he's been in St. Louis. Um, but I think over the long haul, Edmondson's got to be the guy. That's and my point. For one, yep. yeah. For one, he's you know the you like the uh, righty lefty matchups. Um, you know, although Bortuzzo was was really you know seemed to be uh, taking that sixth role. Uh, playing his offside and, and making the best of it, um, I just don't know how long that was going to last. Nick, are you a uh, more of a Bertuzzo fan or more of an Edmondson fan? Mm, my knee-jerk reaction or reaction would be that uh, I just feel like I'm maybe in the middle. I'm on the fence on that. Uh, uh, it's you, just you're taking as, the politician stance. Yeah, it, you know, as Bill mentioned, uh, certainly in the last before he was injured, uh, he's. I can't say I was watching him the whole game or whatever, but I mean, it just seemed to me that uh, the general, when you listen to, to uh, mm-hmm. Curbs or uh, 
Chase or whoever, if you're watching it on TV, they seem to be up on him. They say that he's playing strong, playing hard. He looked like he was. Seems like when he's on the ice, things are happening. Uh, when Edmondson's on the ice, it seems like he's doing his job. He's playing his role the best he can at the level he's at right now. And you don't really notice him, which is, I guess, like a referee. It's a good thing. Uh, but if I had my choice, I'd almost want to see Bartuzo out there. But as far as I'm concerned, let him rest right now and let him get real strong the last three or four weeks going into the playoffs. I'd like to see him ready for that. The um, uh, no, Like I said, no care price in net. Montoya was in net for uh, Montreal, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Allen was in net for the Blues. Um, I guess you said the Blues dodged a bullet there. Uh, <clears throat> so um, Well, yes and no. Um, I mean, it, it was the last game of a five-game road trip, and Price had played every minute going into that game. And I watched the uh, Sunday afternoon affair they had with uh, L.A., and, and L.A., just they they had a playbook on price and it was upper corner pretty much every shot and they were successful um so i don't know it price was uh, probably probably a little fatigued um so who knows what would have happened uh, you know montoya looked great in the first period uh and in the second period and you know overall he had a, i thought he had a strong game Oh yeah, um, I thought I thought Montoya played fantastic, uh, especially early. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, my my point was really that that not so much that that playing Price after he played so many in a row, but Blues dodged a bullet in that it didn't work out not, where he would start this game like he didn't rest the game before against LA or whatever. So that right, right. You you never want to go up against the best <laughs> goalie in in the league. Right. Exactly. At any point. Right. Right. I I would yes, that was my point. Um. So, uh, but anyway, Montreal got uh, on the board first in the first period. Uh, Paul Byron uh, got the goal. Uh, and I think I, I tweeted Bill, uh, I texted Bill uh, after this goal that I thought this goal was awful. This is a, this is a horrible, uh, not, I don't, I don't want to rag on Allen too much, you know, when stuff like this happens, but, you know, it's, it's the goal that he gives up, you know, as he, he uh, he flubbed the 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 initial shot and and then uh, couldn't cover it up, and then Gunnarsson comes skating in and he he you know uh, stops and and hits it off the pumps off the skate and threw uh, Allen's pads in the net. It was a horrible, uh, embarrassing looking goal uh, to give up. It was a that uh, was bad start to the game with as far as that is concerned. But um, that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, okay, here we go. This is gonna be one of those games. But can I throw my two cents in on that? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Gunnarsson kicked it in, right? Yep. And that's that goal. Well, it went off. It went off, it went off uh, Byron's uh, grazed off his skate, and then uh, Gunnarsson was, you know, stopping and and throwing yeah. ice and throwing snow, and, he, and it. Yeah. Went off. Yeah. I caught as a goalie. I caught Allen's immediate reaction, which is you never throw your team under the bus by speaking, right? But his reaction that he could not control was he jerked his head up really quick. He wanted to know who it was. Either he knew, you know, he might have even already known it was Gunnarsson, but he looked up real quick after that goal, like, who kicked that in just now? What? You know, and, and not – so I my thought was that, uh, yeah, he maybe should have controlled the original shot, but I think he thought he had it under control. Even even when he didn't control the puck, he thought he had it until Gunnarsson slid into it. I think Allen kind of looked at him like, hey, Gunny, you got to be you got to be aware, puck aware. You know, got to be thinking about where that puck is on the rebound or whatever. He's yeah. got to be looking, I think. is It seemed to me that's how he looked at Gunnarsson when the play was over. 
like he shared some of the fault. Yeah. And Kurt, you know, in our text exchange, uh, Kurt said, you know, Keystone Cops kind of thing. Couldn't, you know, couldn't agree more with that. Um, certainly, you know, we had really great seats. We were 13 rows off the ice right in front of Jake Allen. And it looked like out of the gate last night, he was fighting pucks and he didn't have rebound control. And that certainly came back to haunt him. Um, you know, it was an, another hashtag damn it, Carl moment <laughs> with uh, Gunnarsson kicking it in. Um, saw a lot of uh, a lot of people upset about Gunnarsson's play early in the game last night. And uh, yeah, it, it did. It did have that feel. You know, you, you think you get a little bit of a break against, uh, you know, the Habs with Price not in there. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you get something like that happen. And, uh, you know, Montreal really didn't allow the Blues to get any kind of poor check going. Uh, they were fast to everything. I mean, that's that's their team identity, you know, is carry Price and speed up front. And uh, they they were really on the Blues most of the night. And it wasn't until the uh, third period uh, that you know uh, the Blues' fortune changed. And I don't know if it had anything to do with DRNA getting injured, but certainly it, it seemed like they, they kind of settled into lock-it-down mode, and we all know how well that works. The, uh, the play where um, Fabry crashed into Montoya, and I, I just wanted to make a quick comment. I, I, <clears throat> this this kind of thing just probably unnecessarily ticks me off to the point where it shouldn't but it does and it's a it's it's a thing where uh the play-by-play guy or the color commentator in this case you know panger uh sees the replay and then just sees it wrong and and it's where they they, they were going on about uh and i told bill this because he was at the game and he didn't know but they went on about how you know fabry's skate uh you know hit uh montoya in the face and they said a few times and about commenting about how dangerous it was, and I'm, I, his skate didn't hit him in the face. It was the what the knee pit hit him on top of the head, and and they showed the replay from overhead. But it, you know, talking about hitting him in the face with the skate, and uh, it didn't happen. But anyway, um, yeah, we were saying the yeah. same thing, Nick and I were, because uh, yeah. they kept talking about concussion, concussion protocol might unfold here. Uh, and then as I was looking at the replay, I thought, well, wait a second, that wrapped around. I think it's more his spine or his neck yeah. got, you know, Compressed. basically got uh, whipped. Yeah. And, you know, in Panger's defense, I think he's got a small little like iPad he looks at to see replays. Sometimes you'll see him looking <clears> down. He seems to be kind of trying to figure out, you know, squinting at the screen, almost like he's trying to see what happened. But, yeah, I don't know. It does seem like sometimes they talk about things and you're everybody's look. you're thinking, aren't we all watching the same Video review. <laughs> yeah, that happens from time to time. Where and sometimes it's a homer call, where they're trying to be homers, and I I get that. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, but this was this wasn't the case. It was just right. I've seen a play wrong, and I right. You're trying to to assess you know the point of contact, and yeah, that, yeah, it, it was pretty silly. And you know, I guess yeah, he he may have a uh, you know the uh, the tiny little uh, laptop or you know tiny monitor that he's watching on, but. We all have the jumbotron when we're in the, in the arena, and uh, as we watched the replay, Julius Cobbett was <laughs> looked like he, you know, that uh, Fabry, you know, pretty much got him with his dick and <laughs> his leg wrapped around his neck. 
So it looked like he was trying to give him a hug with and, his knee. And uh, yeah. yeah, hey Lance, yeah, Lance from the Drop Podcast is uh, has joined us. Uh, Lance, how's it going? Not too bad, guys. How are you all tonight? How's it going, Lance? Pretty great. Uh, happy to see the Blues win. Concerned about a few things, but uh, I think we'll take wins any way we can get them. Uh, uh, I don't the life think, of a yeah, Blues can... fan, right? <laughs> yep. A life of anybody fan. True. You take them when you get them. Man, Lance, your audio is sounding great. Yeah, I, I got a new mic. It's a CAD E300, and it uh, is a really top mic, and uh, I really like it so far. It even gave you a little bit of a – does it come with a Canadian accent? <laughs> Sound like yeah. you had one. <laughs> yeah, you know it, it. It does. Uh, it also gives me some good offense. You know. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So we're on the uh, the second goal. Uh, Montreal's second goal. Uh, Placanic and uh, Byron team up again on a two on one. Byron feeds uh, the puck over to Placanic on the on the high slot, and Tarasenko uh, valiantly tries to disrupt him. But he was a step behind, and Placanic then puts a sneaky backhand far side up and over Allen's shoulder into the upper stick side corner. Um, uh, say what you want about the play leading up to that point, but that shot was fantastic. It was a very cool backhand. Beautiful shot. Yep. Yeah, it's uh element of surprise for sure. Uh, who who you know, takes a half backhand shot, really? I mean, it was usually you know, you're – this is the point that uh, they were making on uh, NHL Network last night. Uh, was usually you start pulling that, you're going to go full backhand and try to go over the glove, and it just completely caught Allen by surprise. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful goal, and I hard to believe that that was Mechanic's second goal of the year, and he, he's usually you know uh, consistently twenty twenty five. Yeah. And yeah, he's having a rough go of it this year for them. But uh, yeah, a beautiful, beautiful goal. The, the crazy thing about oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that Paul Byron is he's got to be the fastest player in the NHL. Oh yeah, he is. He is him fast. And yeah, he is. When he gets that puck and takes that first stride, it's not a second or third stride that gets him to his speed. It's that first stride when that when that first uh, uh, um, skate hits that ice, he's moving. I've like you said, I've not seen many players that can move like that. You, you know, that shot was right over Allen's mask. It's almost like he went against the grain and came back on that backhand, went over Allen's mask and under the crossbar, which is hard to do. <laughs> and uh, you can, I tell, thought, it, you oh, can tell it really screwed up. You can really, I mean, Allen did not expect that at all the way he no. reacted after it went by him he was just like oh man i got turned the he just looked he looked odd when that puck went by him he's all all crouched and and huddled together he just kind of spun around and like he was just completely out of uh, position on that shot yeah i, I want to say that you know that i mean mechanic Pl- is uh i mean he's usually a scorer right like you guys said he only has two goals this year though yep yep so, but he's still got the scorer's touch and a scorer's touch. One of the things that they can do is that puck must've been on its side a little bit. And he knew that he felt it. And he, he, he didn't shoot that puck. He really just scooped it and flicked it, you know, just a flick of the wrist, but that, that's what a beautiful shot. Yeah. Strong wrists, strong wrists yeah. and forearms. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you guys have talked about this yet. Uh, you probably have, but in your opinion, at least in my opinion, do you guys agree that Allen looked a little off from the start of the game? He wasn't keeping the rebounds in. He just looked 
not Bill. quite himself. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill brought that up with his rebound control. Earlier. Well, yeah. Let me let me throw out there that uh, that on the surface certainly is what you know look it looked like and probably is what happened. He was mad. He might have been just off his game. But sometimes I think teams can, you know, the puck can come at the goalie in ways that, uh, you know, it's not all just, you know, it it might look like, hey, he should have just he should have just caught that one. He should have controlled the rebound. But if if there's just a little bit of a screen and, and if some teams are shooting in certain spots on the goalie or from certain spots in the ice, I don't know. Sometimes it for, can kind of for those make that don't the, <laughs> for those that yeah. don't know, Nick is a goalie, so he's. Uh... Defending the goalie. He's defending the goalie. <laughs> defending between the pipes again. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's, I don't know. Because I, but I think probably what you guys are saying is probably true. But just sometimes what seems to be obvious isn't exactly what's going on. And some of it's dictated by the other team and the way they'll shoot and the strategy they might have, uh, screenshots or whatever. And all of a sudden, the goalie looks like he's fumbling. But anyway. And, and also, Nick, you know, I used to be a goalie. And right. th- there's just some of those nights where you don't pick up the puck like you do on sure. most nights. That's true. And it, it, it just happens, and it, it looked like to me it may be, have been a combination of several things. Yeah. Yeah, there may have been um, on the uh, the Byron goal leading up to it, um, the initial shot may have been through a screen. I can't remember. I think it they, was. It seemed like things just – they weren't – the shots weren't hitting him flush. It seemed like the puck was bouncing quite a bit uh, just all around. Um, I mean the uh, the Perron chance where he he almost scored on the uh, the dump in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just the puck was doing some funny stuff last night, and it certainly early on. You know my comment earlier that Allen was fighting it. I mean it it wasn't hitting him flush, and he had some trouble with that. And as the game went on, I, I thought he got a lot stronger. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, you know it, I it, it I was I, one of those things. Yeah, I had never seen the puck act that way at Scott trade. I, maybe you guys remember a game, but I have not seen the puck act that weird coming off the boards. It was just really weird though. You'd be, you'd be expecting it to go one way and it'd go in a total opposite direction. Did you guys notice that too? Yeah. A couple of times did that. <clears throat> yeah. There were, there was uh, a couple of times dumpins off of, you know, somebody just trying to rim it around the, yeah. the dasher board. Yeah, uh, one hopped off and you know just it flew the section over from where we were, and you know it just it's it was such a weird angle for it to come out like that. Yeah, it it, it, it was it wasn't as bad as the old Joe Lewis Arena, but you know, <laughs> I could only thing I could think of as a variable in a practical way could be that if the pucks are supposed to be frozen, maybe they weren't yeah. frozen as much as they should have been. <laughs> maybe there was something going on there, more bouncy. Who knows? Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick. Real quick, Lance. Yes. How much a month do you spend on groceries? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my goodness. Must you must you ask that question? It, it was a top it was a topic earlier in the show, so if you didn't catch that. All right. If real, real fast. Uh, uh probably around a thousand dollars a month. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. Man, I am. Yeah. I, I maybe I'm just uh, really low on my guess on what I spend. I, maybe I just don't keep track. I, well, I Kurt, I've, Kurt, I'm six four. My Logan's six four, my other son's six seven, and my other son's six four. So it's 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 like a, a big feedback around here. So okay. Well, <laughs> I would say if you get if you get away with a thousand bucks, that's that's pretty lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Yeah. So, so was... anybody anybody listening out there, 
want to go ahead and just tweet us at LGB Radio. What do you spend a month on groceries? And we'll get a nice little survey going here. And, Nick, and, and, and then and Nick, can, yes. Nick can kind of see. Well, I want to yeah. see who can beat me because I'm, I'm at 2,000. Well, you're, you're, talking, you're talking like everything that you would buy at Schnucks, Deerberg. Shop well, yeah, whatever's on the receipt. So, you know, you pick up your, your laundry detergent and the cat food and your paper products. And, okay, so yeah, you know. I'm a, I'm a, I buy some of my stuff online. I buy some of yeah. that stuff at Schno or Target or Walmart. Yep. So. Yep. You, know, a, you, know, uh, you know, another caveat to that question, Kurt, is not only how much do you spend on groceries, what do you spend total in, in food, including eating out? Well, we that, fact, that makes a we, big difference. We too. factor that in. We you factor my, that in. My comment was that uh, since we don't, when we do eat out, we eat really good, but we don't eat out a lot. Mm -hmm. So I guessed, I was guessing that a, a number, most people, or more than not, uh, eat out. And then when you factor that eating out a lot with their grocery bill, yeah. it might come close to two thousand. Yeah. All right. So anyway. That's so yeah. If anybody wants to tweet that out and and we'll read it, and I am I'm curious now. Well, this um, is a contest. I'm getting sucked in. I'm getting sucked into this conversation. So let's. We, well, <laughs> this is a contest. We got to see who can beat two thousand, and they have to be honest. Now we're going on the honor system here. Okay, because the internet is all about honesty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on, if it's in, if it's online, it's true. And it, now there's the high end winner and the low end. If anybody's less than 125, like Kurt, that should be worth something. I've got to spend. I'm not talking. I mean, I, I, you know, one. It's one meal a day here at home. So it's, I'm talking. You know, it's not. I don't spend. Anyway, um, okay. Um, third period comes. Blues down two nothing. Uh, the the Blues do not get on the board until about seven minutes into the third period. Uh, Preco ended up keeping the puck in at the points with a nice play. Move the puck down low to Schwartz and Stasny. Stasny comes away with the puck, walks in at a bad angle near the bottom of the circle, and puts a shot over Montoya's shoulder near post and uh and in uh i i didn't hear a lot of comments about how it being a, it was i i thought it was a bad goal it was a good shot bad goal to give up uh for a goalie um near post over the shoulder you know from where he shot it uh, i don't think that should be going in but um obviously like we said about the points and wins you know, the blues will take it and okay. yeah. i'll throw this out real quick is that uh, somebody was coming from behind the net so uh the goalie would have pushed on that shot, but whoever was coming from behind the net, if that was Perron, because he's Perron. been yeah, he's Perron. been hounding that net the whole year, which is incredible. I love it for I love him for it. But he's I think because he was coming from behind the net, that uh, Montoya could not push the way he wanted to, and then it was just another beautiful shot. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody talked about this, and I wanted to bring this up. Sorry, guys. Did anybody talk about that massive great hit that Perron put on Shea Weber wow. in front of the goal? Wow, that's good. No, hit. not yet. Uh, oh, that was that was just super amazing. And you know, I was one of these guys that was a little down on Perron coming back, but I'll tell you what, he has really looks like to me he's grown up. You know, before he didn't quite fit in Hitchcock's system, he was a kind of a free skater, always looking for that great play. He still has the ability to make that great pass and that great play, but it seems like he's grown up a lot. And after that hitch, Shea Weber did not know what hit him. Well, that, Perron, Perron's not known for his hitting. That was one of those deals, though, that, I mean, it was a penalty. It should have been a penalty. but Yeah, but it was a great hit. <laughs> oh, I, I liked it. I liked it. It, it wasn't called, so I, I liked it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a total uh, interference or roughing, whatever you call it, penalty. So they didn't see it or didn't call it, one of the two. But, yes, no, I agree with you, Lance. I think uh, – uh, like and we've talked about before on the show that the season that Perron has been a a a nice surprise playing uh much better than folks expected uh better production uh play killing penalties 
Uh, so that's uh, that's was something he's never done. I, yeah. I, I got to throw out that I think it's just his attitude, his perspective, and uh, his accountability. I, I think he sees himself, he wants to position himself. I don't know if he'll ever get there, but I see him. I think he wants to be a leader on the team, and he's leading by example. And I've seen hmm. so many things that he's done that just say that. Uh, yeah, I, so, I can't ahead. disagree with that assessment. I mean, Bron, Bron's play has been uh, stellar uh, all season. And, uh, yeah, it, it's I, – I must have missed the, the hit on Weber, um, you know, being in the building. I, at this Come, point, was, to hear about that. He was coming out – the, the puck was leaving the zone and, and Prom was – I guess he had – Prom was, was getting up, I think, or, or Weber just got up or something. But – Prom was skating from away from the goal and, and came behind Weber and just gave him shoulder to shoulder just, just put him on his butt. He, he, he went down the runway after that play too. It shook him up. That was in the second period, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was. Uh, they were going. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. I thought that, I thought they I thought it was in the first period. Okay. If it was in uh, the second period, it would have been right in front of me, and then I'd be super embarrassed to have missed it. <laughs> Uh, Blues down two to one. Uh, still in the third period, Bowmeister's shot from the point goes off Montoya's glove and to Stasny at the side of the net, who slips a backhand shot behind Montoya. Uh, Schwartz was at the other side of the net to tap it in with uh, 9:30 left in the game uh, to tie it up. And it's a good thing Schwartz was there, uh, you know, because Stasny's shot was not going in; it, it was going wide. Um, but the one thing that uh, that I noticed that was uh, Radulov inexplicably waved you see I see this notice this waved his stick at Bowmeister's shot deflected it tipped it out of midair and I'm that has to be why Montoya missed it with his glove because it, it changed direction it went off the, of his glove when it went to Stasny who then uh, put it behind him and then overdue Schwartz and in so did you guys catch the deflection by uh, Radulov yep yeah I, I don't know what he was doing I mean, why would you do I, that I, you, you can't do that <laughs> no. That's stupid. It, it, I thought I, at first when I saw it, the player was off the screen. I just saw the stick, kind of. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a Blues player, but uh, I'm like, oh, he went for a deflection. Blues player. And I'm like, no, that was Radulov. I was like, what is he doing? Why would you do that? Goalies hate that. Yeah. Don't. Oh, do that. don't do that. Yeah, do not do that. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna get in front of a shot, get in front of it with your body. Don't go yeah. your stick at it. That's yeah. Uh, so that uh, I, and that had to be why he couldn't uh, put a glove on that puck and it went off his uh, glove yeah. and then to Stasny. Nothing good comes of that. Ninety nine percent of the time. I got I go thirty second story. We're up uh, we're up four to three, trying to win the first game of the year in a beer league game, and um, it ends up one of our best guys takes a uh, uh, like a five minute major. He's out. We get another penalty, and they pull their goalie. It's six on three with like forty five seconds, like like a minute and a half left. We're battling. We're making saves. We're blocking shots, and then with about ten seconds left, some guy from the bottom of the circle rips a wrist shot. And my defenseman, I'm I'm there. I'm in blocker position, glove down, blocker down. I'm I've got everything covered, and I'm close enough to the shot. There's no way it can beat me. And my defenseman throws his stick down, hits a stick, and goes into the top corner with five seconds left or whatever. And I'm just like crying. I'm like, no, don't block it. I'm blocking it. I got the equipment. And that that tied the game. That yeah, tie? it tied it. it. Ended up being a tie, and that, it just stunk though. It's the kind of thing that when you're goal, you're just like, God, you could have you could have stayed home and we'd have won this game. Um, so the uh, the power plays in regulation went uh, combined 0 for 9. The Blues were 0 for 5, and the Habs were 0 for 4. Uh, so it goes into OT, 
and uh, Blues end up winning the game with uh, 90 seconds to go. Uh, Steen kind of made this goal happen and uh, uh, carrying out of the zone and put a nice pass onto Schwartz's stick. Uh, Schwartz finished it off nicely. Um, Schwartz broke in alone after the pass from Steen, and uh, I'm sure everyone in the building, and this is, is kind of a reflection on Montreal's uh, uh, goal, uh, the uh, the backhander, the, the sneaky backhander they had. Uh, this was a fantastic shot by, uh, by Schwartz. He leans in, he's on his backhand cutting in the middle, and everyone thinks he's going to pull it to his forehand and try and either you know stuff it low, go up high, whatever. But he leans into that, leans in like he's cutting across, and just flicks it, and flicks it up high over uh, uh, Montoya. And you can tell Montoya wasn't ready for it. He uh, he was set. You, you slow it down. The puck's over his glove. He hadn't even moved yet. So uh, uh, fantastic uh, goal by Schwartz uh, in the game winner. That was a yep. was, was that your end, Bill? That you're on, or the other end? Um, I'm going to treat you to a chorus of my dog's fighting here. <laughs> if, if, if you can hear this, it's, yeah. Is that, is that, uh, is that, we wish you a Merry Christmas? The, the it, it is, it is. It, it yeah, sounds so, like the nut, it sounds like the nutcracker to me. Yeah, it, uh, Trans- yeah, this is, I, I live with this, <laughs> we live with this every night, so. Um, that was the end that I was on, and the, uh, just I and mean, what what a finish by Schwartz, but what a pass by Steen to set him up right through two Canadians defenders and uh, great speed by Schwartz and uh, you know to uh, to finish with that that backhand over Montoya uh, just absolutely beautiful and uh, yeah that you know at, at the end of the second period we were talking about just what an awful game it was how just it was a snooze fest. And the Blues needed a kick in the ass, and then I guess the third period, the uh, the change was uh, putting Schwartz with Stastny and Steen, yep. and all three all three goals right there. Yep. Just you know, yeah. you know we so many nights we bitch about the Hitch Line Juggler app, and uh, you know what what it, it's just usually fruitless, but. He pushed the right button last night. That's for damn sure. That would be the triple S line. I guess they're going to start calling yeah. it. <laughs> Were you referencing, Bill? Were you referencing Nikki's app there? Nick Jr.'s uh, line change app? <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> because I'm convinced that that's what Hitchcock uses. <laughs> I think hey, it is. Let me throw out my... Let me throw out real quick my two cents on the... Uh, I'll give it the, the slow-mo goalie analysis here on Montoya, it, it, which gives us insight in, a, a little bit into what a goalie does a professional goalie does and you know not the beer leaguers but the professional guys what they do when they with shots a lot of times because they've seen so millions of them is that they try to read the shot off the stick you know where it's going to go and a lot of the you know the pro goalies will say that's what they're doing they're reading the shot as it's coming off the stick you know before it comes off the stick they're reading what's going to happen to the puck where it's going you know chances are where it's going and what's crazy about that shot on, on Schwartz's goal in overtime is that when he flicks that puck, Montoya, his glove is is vertical. It's mm-hmm. pushed out and vertical. Yep. When the shot happens, he actually changes his glove to a horizontal position and, and, and lines it with his pad, which in effect drops it, and it leaves the spot where the puck went. Mm-hmm. And that tells me the only way he does that is if he was 
uh, was was saying, okay, I got a nanosecond to make a decision here. I see the puck going here, and it didn't go there. <laughs> and it might be because the puck was on edge, which makes it more complicated for the goalie to figure it out that quickly. But I, if you watch that thing in super slow mo, that it's crazy to see him. He moved his glove out of the way. Uh, I thought Montoya in general was was pretty damn good. Oh yeah. He, oh, he, he was great. played a good game. Yeah. Oh, he was I mean, great. But I mean, I mean, just at that moment, it was crazy when it happened. Um, great game by Schwartz, three points, two goals, one assist. Uh, he's got 17 points in 22 games played this year. Uh, the Blues once again had the edge in faceoffs, which they yep. tend to do. Uh, the 57% to 43%. Mm-hmm. Steen won 80% of his faceoffs he took. Perron won 75%. Stasny uh, 63 and Letera 57. Brodziak 33%. What the hell, Kyle? Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, shots on goal were almost even, 31 to 30 for the Blues, and the Blues also uh, outhit the Habs 23 to 12, and outblocked them 15 to 10. So uh, the Blues, uh, you know, kind of dominated the uh, stat sheet there a little bit. Um, giveaways were Blues eight, Habs three, which uh, some of these stats, you know, hits uh, and giveaways. I'm thinking the entire game the Habs only had three giveaways. That's I'm not buying that, but okay. And you got to throw in that in the context of all that, uh, or the, the context. Well, what am I trying to say? Well, the bottom line is that uh, <laughs> Montreal is uh, on top of the East, you know, Eastern Conference right now as far as points go, and they're obviously a good team this year. So I thought the uh, Blues to come back two to you know down two to nothing against the type of competition they came back against, you know, is uh, I thought it said a lot about the team. Yeah, and, it was it, it was it was really nice to see them come back as opposed to letting another team come back on them and take them to OT or to a shootout. And, uh, you know, the Blues record being down going into the third period is not great this year. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I had it before I got on the show. They but, have like one, one win? Yeah, one one, one and four or one five and one or something. I, I don't know. But they uh, it was just nice to see them come back and not be the team that's come back on like when the Wild beat them. And there's been a lot of close games at home. I'm hoping that they can kind of correct some of these issues. But as kid, as because uh, as Hitchcock said in his uh, post game inter- uh, press conference, I believe it was against the Wild that uh, if they keep making these type of mistakes, they're going to have a hard time on the road. So I'm hoping this comeback win does something for them and gives them a little more confidence and kind of kicks them in the butt. Hey, can I throw something out real quick? Is it? Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting. Uh, um, is it? Let me, let me finish. Uh, okay. Is it about the, this game, or is it? Some, uh, no, topic? it's not groceries. Okay, but okay, but in a broader sense, looking at the Blues, the last, uh, let's say, what has it been now? Uh, 10, 12 games that the Blues mm-hmm. have just simply played really good. And I just wanted to say that when Hitchcock says what he says, I think it's his mantra. He's a. I don't want to say he's a perfectionist, but I think he his approach to coaching is to always give the team something to work on. Uh, in my assessment of the last 12 games, the Blues simply there, if you just look at not goals, because that always doesn't tell the whole story, their scoring opportunities as a team, where they're shooting from, and the grade A opportunities, the amount of grade A, grade a opportunities that they're getting per game, the amount of time they're spending in the offensive zone is, is, is like the first three games they played of the year, if not better, with better structure as a team. And, and to me, it doesn't to me right now it wouldn't even matter if they're eight one and one in the last 10 games uh they're just playing at a level i think that is just 
great for the team and whatever that approach is, whatever that system is, I just hope they keep playing that way. They are uh, 12, one and three at home uh, and 10, Oh, and three in the last 13 home games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal is four five and two and it's past 11 after starting 13, one and one. So they've cooled off a bit. Uh, St. Louis is now 15, seven and four overall for 34 points, which is good for second in the conference behind Chicago who has 37 points, but the Blues have two games in hand on Chicago. So mm-hmm. they're essentially more or less, you could say they're kind of tied with Chicago if they win one of those two and then they're with them point. So they're right there. Um, Chicago is only 5-4-1 and one in the last 10, while the Blues are 8-1-1 one and one over that same span, which is the best in the NHL over that span. So the, over the last 10 games, the Blues have the best record in the NHL. So, and they're like fourth or fifth overall in the NHL, second in the West, something like that. Yeah, I think it's fourth. It was fourth. Also, their goal differential is now finally uh, even at zero. Oh, it good. It wasn't long ago. It was in the <laughs> negative teens. Yeah, negative 13, negative yeah, 12. It was bad. Uh, so the upswing for the St. for St. Louis continues. Here come the Blues. I'm going to be negative nanny and throw this out real quick. The uh, I'm all pumped up about the Blues. I'm nervous about the next 60 games. The history of Allen is over the last three years, four, whatever it's been, is that he's getting hurt every year, mm-hmm. once or twice. Hutton is Elliot from. The first three months, Elliot was with the Blues. He's really just still a goalie trying to get ice time to become a better professional goalie. He is glaringly right now a backup goalie. Yes. Not that he's bad, but he is clearly a backup goalie right now trying to get more ice time to become a better goalie. If Allen goes down, the whole season's in jeopardy as far as I'm concerned. And it makes me go back to the Elliott trade, and why not keep him one more year and have two great goalies to make one more cup run? It bothers me that this, you know, that this is unfolded this way. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I fully do. agree too. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I think Hutton has it in him to be a a, a, a very good goalie, right? Um, but over a long stretch of games, uh, I don't know. Um, he's shown in the past he can play well, but he's this year not not. It hasn't been great. He's been he's been a backup. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got it straight from Chris Mason that he's a battler. When Nashville was down last year, Pekka Rennie was down. Yeah, carried that team into the playoffs. But uh, I just don't. I see right now a goalie who's rusty because he just simply is not getting ice time. I think if he was a guy that could get ten games in a row, being a pro goalie, he would get hot. He would get better and get more, you know, focused and locked in but right now i i think if he if he was honest and he was just talking to us right now and with no mic or whatever uh, the bottom line is i think he'd say that yeah he, he's probably not playing his best but yeah yeah I, I would say we definitely don't have a 1a and 1b like we did with elliot and allen i think carter hutton is serviceable i think if he does get more ice time he could be better um in fact uh pecca rene was very very upset when they did not resign him he was not happy at all. And most of the time goalies don't get too, you know, into stuff like that. So that shows you the potential that Carter Hutton has. And like, like Nick, uh, Nick said, you know, he carried the predators when, 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 when Pekka Rene was hurt, if it wasn't for him and possibly they have a different goalie, Nashville may have not been where they were last year going into the playoffs. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think as far as, you know, it, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword with wanting, you know, wanting a guy to, to be able to get some more time. 
um, but also one. I think if Hutton were to play, were, were to be called upon uh, due to an injury to Allen, a uh, significant injury where Allen misses like twenty some games or whatever, <clears throat> I would, I would, I would, I'm not, I would not be worried. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think uh, you'd rather have Allen in there, but I'm not. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be worried. I, I think he'd. I think he'd be okay. I think he'd step up. His. I mean, his GAA is three, and his save percentage is eight 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 right now. Or it's almost three. And it's it's eight 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 save percentage. Well, so it's let me, not good, but let me, I, I would imagine that he would like we talked about get more games on his belt and get more uh, 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 more experience this year. And more and getting getting warm in games of being cold and playing every once every five six games. Well, even more scary that if he if he played now and was hurt, which he could get, you know, play better as he got more ice time, is that the Blues would change their system to uh, make it easier for him to play better. And if they play, if they change any, to me, their only hope to become a playoff content, uh, cup contender this year is to keep learning how to be an offensive team, to keep letting the skill players be creative. And keep letting them learn on the ice to make great plays and to make the extra play that they weren't doing before. Uh, I mean, when they play a defensive style of play. And I think if they get a goalie in there that's not Allen, it forces the coach and everybody to pull back. And I don't like that idea because I hate that style. I hate watching that kind of hockey. And I know it doesn't go anywhere. What did you? What would you guys say is uh, who is more important to stay healthy? The two guys that have injury issues with the blue, well, more, there's more than two that have injury issues, but uh, Allen or Schwartz? The more I, important I, that they stay healthy. I would actually say Steen because Steen has such a big history with well, injuries. I, 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 I know he has injury uh, history, but I'm just talking about uh, uh, of the two, like because uh, the Blues played very well when Steen was out, but it seems like when Schwartz is out, they they yeah, really I would I, I I would rather see Allen out for five games. Then Schwartz out for five or six. The Blues are a different team with Jaden Schwartz. And as I said at the beginning of the year, the way Jaden Schwartz goes, and if they could get a good year from David Perron, the Blues would do well. And you can see what Jaden Schwartz has to bring to the table when he's healthy. And I think he would be a, 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 a more of a loss than Allen for four or five games. And uh, Bill has said that his connection is uh, like awful right now and he's uh, in trouble reconnecting. So he might be done. We'll see. Oh, no. We'll see. Okay. Um, well, my, my two cents on that real quick yeah, would be that yeah, sure. uh, I guess I would go with Schwartz too. I'd like to see Schwartz in. If the, if we wanted one was to go down, I'd rather see Schwartz in. And I would say because of the way he battles on the boards, because of yeah. the way he is on the forecheck, the way he pressures the other team and they, so they can't come out of their zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, And he, while – it was more noticeable that he was the guy that really did that for the team, seemed to be the most prominent player. But now that Fabry has also taken on that role, put on a little more size, battles in the corner. Both of them are tenacious. Uh, they're dogged in the corners. They don't. They won't be without the puck most of the time. And uh, and then both of them can shoot. So yeah. So you need Schwartz probably over Allen because ultimately you got to score to yeah. win. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking so too. I, I'm thinking Schwartz is. Swartz is more of a catalyst to how this team goes than yes. than Allen is. I, I, based on, I mean, how Hutton – now, granted, if Hutton is awful, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> but I, I think – I genuinely think that you – know, I don't think his numbers, how they are now, would continue if he started to get a lot more playing time due to an injury. I think they yeah. would. Yeah, they I, would I, I, I would rather see 
the Blues give up three goals a game and have Schwartz in there, then have Schwartz out of the lineup and then give up three goals a game because, you know, he's he's such a, a he's a good two-way player. You know, I don't know if he's up there with Alexander Steen when it comes to a two-way player, but uh, his his skill set is so high and he keeps growing and getting better. You, you've got to have Jaden Schwartz in your lineup. Uh, next up for the Blues tomorrow night in New York to face the Islanders. Uh, Will Halak play in net? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. He never plays against the Blues. Ever, 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 ever. Um, but uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll bet he will. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a buddy of mine that does a podcast in New York for the Islanders, and uh, he's telling me that most likely it will be Halak. Okay. Yep. Uh, the Islanders are dead last in the Eastern Conference with 25 points. Well, they're tied for last. So, um, yeah, it would be nice to get a win on the road and improve the less-than-spectacular road record that the Blues have. Yes. Have you guys uh, visited the St. Louis Blues – the St. Louis – the St. Louis Blues – the St. Louis Public Library, the Blues exhibit? Nope. I want to. I'd like to. Uh, Bill and I are good friends with the librarian in charge of the oh, exhibit. Oh, Cool. Yeah, so uh, she was putting it together and and uh, in charge of you know cataloging it or whatever it is involved with librarying uh, <laughs> the exhibited items. <clears throat> but uh, so uh, uh, that's uh, I'm I'm probably gonna go down there this weekend and check it out. I'll be in St. Louis on Saturday anyway, so that might be a good time to go. I've heard it's really cool. Uh, I've seen some video and some, mm-hmm. some people talk about it, so it's, it's pretty cool. Hey, why don't you uh, would you send out a tweet when you go, and yeah. uh, then we can rob your house? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew where I live, I live in Troy, uh, right next to Lance. Yeah, and it, I, I might From be Missouri. gone. Yeah, no, but Missouri. would you would you tweet it? Maybe because uh, you know uh, Nick and I wanted to go too. We were thinking about going. Maybe everybody will head down there at, uh, roughly the same time. Okay. Yeah, that would be yeah. cool if we could do that. I'll be I see I'll be in Saint I'll be at a par, uh, birthday party from I, th- I think it's I think it's one or one thirty and for probably for a couple hours or so. So on the way back home, whenever that is, if they're still open, I guess I don't. Yeah, you think? Saturday. Yeah, I'm wondering if Saturday they. I wonder. I bet they're not open past five on Saturday. I think maybe. they're open till five. I might be yeah. wrong, but I think it's five. Well, if I could spend an hour in there, at least that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe we'll see. If you send out a tweet an hour ahead of time, and when we're available, we might shoot down there. Well, I, I will tell you one thing from the videos and pictures that I've seen. Uh, your friend there, Kurt, uh, really did a great job of putting it together. I think it's uh, really a tribute to the Blues. And I'm going to give a little stab here. Unlike the 50th anniversary logo, but um, no, it, it looks really nice, and I'd love to take the boys down to see it. So yeah, just let us know when you go down. I will. I'll do that. I'll tweet it out. I will say one thing. You said that you mentioned the 50th anniversary logo. Um, it has grown on me quite Same a bit here. since I first saw it. I, I like it a lot more now than I did the first. You know, when I first came out. Especially on center ice. It looks right there. It looks correct well, on center it, ice. The, the whole thing that I would have liked to have seen was the 50 in art, like the picture of the arch on center ice and little uh, little uh, pictures of different blues players, Hall, uh, the Plaguers, uh, Liut, so on and so forth, kind of painted on center ice there with the big gold 50th logo. I think that would have looked really, really nice. I, I still don't like it. It's, it's not as bad as I thought, you know, with my first reaction. Because I hated it, but uh, you know it's it, it is what it is, and we can't do anything about it, and it's what we've got to work with. So the Blues just changed uh, the Blues alumni logo too. Did they? They changed it to work with 
the main package, which is the Blues alumni uh, jersey. Oh. That logo that's on there. So they changed the Blues alumni logo, which used to... So it's going to be the same kind of thing where uh, I've heard some of the players say it's going to take a while to get used to it. They don't... You know, the jersey itself, obviously, everybody loves. But uh, sure. the logo, it's it, it's not... Uh, it's going to be one of those things that's going to have to grow on you, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, last item on the agenda for today is the uh, voting in the All-Star game. The uh, the Blues players on the ballot are Bomeister, Petrangelo, Steen, and Tarasenko. Um, Bomeister. Yeah. <laughs> if Okay, so that and that's why I brought this up. Um, who would your four... Blues players be on the ballot if you guys had to choose. Uh, like I said, right now it's uh, Bowmeister, Petrangelo, Steen, Tarasenko. I would take out Bowmeister and put Schwartz. Uh, Tarasenko. You know, I'm going to preface this first, put a little clause in here that I feel like the All Star game should not include guys in their first year in the league, second year in the league. I think it sh- they should be in the league for a little bit and then earn their way toward it. And I think that's old school because I, I, if I remember correctly, when I was younger, that's kind of how it was. Unless you maybe were Gretzky, you didn't get in the all-star game unless you had some time under your belt. And uh, so I kind of lean towards that. So there's guys I'd say, oh, I'd love to see this guy and that guy, but it's almost like it's something earned. Uh, so I would go with Tarasenko, Chattenkirk, <laughs> Uh, that doesn't leave anybody left with the, what with what I just said. I got nobody left. <laughs> okay, we only we're only sending two, and, and maybe Jake ready. Uh, so I'd go. You know, I'll. I don't. I don't like Bowmeister or Petrangelo on the. Uh, I I can I can go with Tarasenko, Pareko, Shattenkirk, and. Uh, Man, I'll go with Schwartz. I thought you were. I thought you were going to put Yakupov on there. <laughs> Crud! I don't know oh, how I missed Baran. If I, if they, you know how sometimes when they, you know, no. Let me ask this as a question real quick. So sometimes the All Star voting in different sports is based on the year before, and I guess sometimes it includes what people perceive going on this year. How they, I mean, the people that get to go on the ballot, isn't it based on their performance from the year before? Kind of. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I, I mean... Well, I can guarantee you Austin Matthews it, and Patrick Laine are on there. Well, but <laughs> if it's based on last year's performance, Bowmeister wouldn't even be on there. I mean, he, he didn't play a good year last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so then maybe maybe we don't know all the factors as to how they get on. Maybe it has something to do with tenure. Hey, he's never it made is. it. Let's let him it's, have it's, one. It's, it's based on tenure, what the players think of the other players. You know, because clearly Bowmeister was terrible last year. You know, well, okay. deserve to be on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna jump ahead and say I want to see Piran in next year based on his performance this year, which will be incredible. Especially if we have a great playoff run, I'd love to see Piran get a little nod saying, "Hey, man, you've, uh, you've grown up in the league and you're a great player now." That'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be nice. Um, so that'll about do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Um, we didn't have any tweets to get to, I guess. Let me double check here real quick. Uh, nope. Hopefully, uh, Bill's technical issues will be resolved next week. 
Uh, don't forget to check out our friends over at the Beyond Checkerdome podcast, the Loose Chicklets podcast, the Blues Hockey podcast, and of course the Drop podcast and the Toast Dispatch podcast and website, uh, which is toastdispatch.com, correct, Nick? Yeah, toastdispatch.com, at toastdispatch, Twitter, and that's it. And Nick, you guys, the Twitter handle for you guys is at the Drop Podcast, correct? Uh, no, a Twitter handle is at official the Drop. That's right, at official the Drop. Um, don't forget to uh, stop by the Bullet Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, when they open. And I think I mentioned it before you guys jumped on the air that uh, he expects to be open within a couple weeks. Good, great, so good guy. We uh, hopefully that happens. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it because he has some <laughs> issues <laughs> over there with the with the city. Yep. Um, but you can check out their website at Blue Note Sports uh, at uh, www. For Bill Day and Lance and Nick, uh, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone. Let's go Blues. Let's, let's go, blues. go Blues. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win They'll always get one more No matter what the score They are quite a hockey team, my friends